Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good evening. Here's your market view with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, the global economy, as we mentioned earlier, has endured a series of shocks over the last few years due to COVID 19 shutdowns, unprecedented stimulus, supply chain seize up, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And as we move into the second half of the year, many might be wondering exactly when will inflation peak? How should they be hedging against ongoing uncertainties and whether they should be repositioning their portfolios? So, joining us on the line right now, we have Stephen Whiting, the Chief Investment Strategist and Chief Economist at City Global Wealth Investments. Hi, Mr. Whiting. Great to have you back on our show Good again. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, Mr. Whiting, all eyes on that uh, personal consumption expenditures price index data out in the US later tonight. To what extent can investors look to it for clues on whether interest rate hikes have been working? Very little for one particular report. We mm. have to bear in mind that this data was already released in the form of the consumer price index, Mm -hmm. what it does is it reorganizes it around the quantities of various items that have already been purchased. So there are different weights. This is a reading that the Federal Reserve will follow, but there'll be very little information gleaned from a single report. Mm -hmm. What's most important for the Federal Reserve is that they're seeing a deceleration and a downtrend. And we may be only at the very beginning of what's likely to be a very gradual process. New sources of inflation uh, have arrived while others are disappearing, but it's very good to see those others disappear. Goods prices, appliances, furniture, these sorts of items, again, that were in short supply during the initial COVID shock are beginning uh, to decline, in fact. Uh, And eventually we'll see the same for services prices, which only recently uh, jumped very high. So talking about prices at your mid-year outlook report, City believes that the worst of U.S. consumer price inflation has already passed. So why is that so? What are some factors driving that conclusion? Well, first off, wages have only risen half as much as prices in 2022. We have to remember that inflation is a lagging indicator. In fact, services inflation, which the Federal Reserve is most concerned about, is a locally sourced driver of inflation. It's an official member of the Index of Lagging Economic Indicators. And when we've seen a slowdown in demand in the economy, plus what we've seen is many signs of rebounding supply, the ingredients for a future deceleration in inflation are in place. Now, the problem is, and of course, the much more meaningful issue for investors is what toll will central banks like the Fed extract on the economy, given that monetary policy affects the economy with a lag, as much as 18 months. But do you think that the Fed will be acting too fast and too far, especially when it comes to the July meeting? Where will the interest rate be, say, at the end of the year? Because Cleveland's Fed chief actually said that she was keen to see the benchmark rate hit 3.5% this year or a little bit above 4% next year. Well, unfortunately, we think that the Federal Reserve may be taking one mistake and Mm. making it into two. We have to remember that the Federal Reserve was easing as recently as March of this year. And last year, they eased during a boom when economic growth was 5.5%. So the fact that the Fed is tightening now with two different tools, credit and rates, again, points to the fact that they may end up over-tightening. We would hope, again, that the signs of that will be apparent over the course of this year, and that by later in the fall, the Federal Reserve will actually look at the cumulative impact of all it's done and be more concerned for preserving the expansion while that that hope still lasts. Mm, So then that begs us the big question that we've been asking our interviewees in recent days and weeks. How likely is a global recession next year? Well, 
I'm quite glad that you're, you're thinking about next year because employment in the case of the U.S. Mm. economy is still growing. It's likely to decelerate, rise at a slower pace, and it's really not poised to decline even if output declines, GDP, have already occurred. Now, if you think about what the global economy is likely to do, we think that it will in fact be very slow for both 2022 and 2023. Mm. What ideally we can still avoid is a collapse in even healthy industries, really unnecessary declines. Uh, and they would be very much driven solely by, by policy. For those who follow China closely, we can see what happened in 2021, where a tremendous amount of unexpected tightening from various measures, many of which are not monetary, uh, played a very significant role uh, in uh, over-tightening. And we see now that China is easing policy to strengthen its economy. Well, speaking of China and Asia in particular, how would central banks around the world react if the Fed were to move the interest rates higher, if there's a prospect of a recession maybe going down the road even next year, even after that, when you see those kind of declines in the U.S.? Well, there is a different story in different regions. In some cases, emerging markets, central banks in Latin America, for example, tried mm. to tighten monetary policy in advance. Um, in other cases, you have the Bank of Japan resisting the action that's taking place uh, in other places like Europe. Um, the European Central Bank seems to be following the Federal Reserve, but probably not as aggressively. But the fact is, they are following, and they will slow economies. And some tightening is, of course, necessary, some normalization of policy. But these external shocks, supply shocks, have never been something that central banks could uh, ultimately alleviate. They don't produce goods and services, and they can only hamper demand. And unfortunately, again, monetary policy um, has been, in fact, pro-cyclical. It was exacerbating the strength uh, and the inflation that we're seeing now and is unfortunately very much poised uh, to cause more slowing, perhaps, than is necessary. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Stephen Whiting, the Chief Investment Strategist and Chief Economist at City Global Wealth Investments. Mr. Whiting, given the volatile macroeconomic environment, which geographical markets, which sectors should investors, and in particular retail investors, focus on for the remainder of the year? Well, I would bear in mind that when it comes to global equities markets, mm. the U.S. is strikingly more than 60% of world indices. And mm. for Investors in U.S. shares, we would tend to focus on the non-cyclicals. Pharmaceuticals, for example, is our largest industry overweight. It's not something sensitive to the economy, but most importantly, profitable companies that deliver the most reliable source of return is dividend payments. This is not the moment in time to try to maximize returns, uh, again, in speculative industries and among companies that are poorly capitalized. There are some other you know, pockets and bright spots. There are many industries with very much long-term promise. We're not advocating uh, market timing, but building a portfolio where you can live with the risks. Uh, and that, again, leads us to higher weightings in fixed income markets than we've had in many years. Mm, and speaking of that, speaking of a diversified portfolio, the city's report mentioned allocating capital to producers of commodities that are of the greatest need. Could you elaborate a little bit more for us? Sure. No, thank you for mentioning, because there is a cyclical exception. Well, one may be China, of course, which is beginning a recovery from a depressed economy. But the other is really replacing the lost output uh, from Russia and Ukraine. Um, there are geographical shifts in trade flows in commodities. That's not really what we're talking about. 
but for example, uh, what's happened in agricultural markets um, where uh, food exports to much of the emerging world are being lost, that's causing food prices to surge. So uh, investing in commodities producers across the board, whether this is gas, whether these are foods, uh, whether these are the raw materials that are needed like fertilizers, these um, prices have pushed up very sharply. Profitability is higher, but profitability is needed to incentivize more production and to hopefully uh, stem this particular inflation problem. It's one one component. It's not everything. It's certainly not discretionary consumer uh, merchandise. Uh, but those lost commodities uh, from that tragic war in Eastern Europe uh, need to be replaced. Mm, certainly. On that note, how should we calibrate our portfolio? Very quickly, just want to find out a little bit more about fixed income assets. What are some of your recommendations? We've seen some sharp increases in interest rates this year. Well, that's exactly the opportunity, is the bond market is pricing in many further rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. Those rates are already there above where the Fed's policy rate is, so that yield can be earned today. In an asset that has just received one of its largest uh, capital losses uh, in its history, um, relative to a less volatile asset class, the adjustment in fixed income has been very severe. So when you think about yields rising in 2021, in the U.S. case, they doubled for government bond yields in 2021. Then they doubled again in 2022. Now, this time around, it's not because of just growth and recovery. Um, It is because of monetary tightening. And ultimately, we think that the Federal Reserve can't repeat what they're doing this year and the coming year. As a consequence, there's more opportunity fixed income. I would bear in mind that since uh, the Federal Reserve's uh, history of the last 45 years, it's only kept its policy rate at its maximum uh, rate in a cycle for on average six months, roughly half a year, a little bit longer. So overall, uh, Mr. Whiting, just very quickly before we go, any final advice for our listeners, especially retail investors who might be listening to this conversation right now? Well, I think it's time to think about portfolios, to think about the long run, uh, to be uh, a little suspicious um, about those quick gains that were earned in 2021, 2020, um, Mm. and the same goes for the downside. You cannot wreck your financial future uh, by avoiding uh, investing altogether, uh, that it's very important that market timers you know, tend to uh, actually sell at low levels and then buy at peak levels. Um, it's about putting together a portfolio with risks and rewards that you can live with. Um, and that, in this case, in our view, is going to involve safer assets uh, tactically at this period of time. Mm, Certainly. Thank you very much, Mr. Whiting. And that was Stephen Whiting, the Chief Investment Strategist and Chief Economist at CT Global Wealth Investments on the line. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.